Good evening, everyone. It is the night before a day that a lot of people get together and eat with people that they love or at least like. Um, it's also a day that deserves decolonizing and recognizing that we do stand on. Well, it's a day, we should recognize this every single day that we do recognize we do stand on stolen land um, and honoring ancestors and those who have come before us. It's it's Thanksgiving Day Eve, or as my mom loves to say, Thanksgiving. Um, you know, my mom will still come mm -hmm. over and eat some of my food tomorrow, but she most definitely will, will, will lay the propaganda on me and the kids uh, about how <laughs> white settlers came and destroyed uh, native land. And that's what it was growing up. Well, she's not a Changa anymore, but that's what it was growing up in the Changa household. Like, yeah, we might have, you know, holidays off from school, but we, we our parents laid down the heavy black nationalist um, um, way of thinking about things. So I hope everyone, if you're traveling or you did travel, I hope you're safe. I hope you're sound. I hope you're close to loved ones. This is a rough time of the year for me um, since this is really the only holiday my family ever came together for because of my grandmother. And she passed away, so it's been a bit rough for me this week. But I've met some really amazing people, amazing women, really, <laughs> um, recently to, to to talk with and work through some of the issues that we've been. I mean, a lot of us have been grappling with this stuff probably our whole lives, right? Um, you know, for various reasons, the conversation about sexual assault, sexual harassment, um, sexual misconduct, sexual battery really parsing out how this affects our movement spaces, how this affects us as people, how this affects our relationship building and our work. This isn't about piling on or berating any particular individual. You guys know me. I do have very strong opinions about things. But more than anything, I really believe in the power of conversation that is accurate and that is forward moving in our dialogue, right? And when I say accuracy, like I really need us to understand the difference between terms like rape, sexual assault, like rape is a type of sexual assault. There's also sexual harassment, there's sexual misconduct, there's sexual battery. I mean, there are things, you know, that involve intent. There are some things that don't involve intent. There are legal standards that come into play if you're talking about criminal charges in courtrooms that aren't necessarily a concern when we're talking interpersonally and how we build collective respect and power and accountability in our movement spaces. So I'm excited because I connected recently with, with Summer Swan and Summer wrote a piece uh, detailing some of her own observations of recent events involving, you know, various accusations and environments within pro uh, progressive media space in particular. And and what I appreciate so much about Summer is not because Summer had a vendetta and was out to take somebody down, but but acknowledging, observing and owning, you know, presence within a space that that had its issues but then trying to see how we can move this conversation forward, because it's not just, you know, the allegations in any particular space or in, against any one person movement wide, because we are a microcosm of the society we live in issues in terms of sexual, uh, sexual assault, sexual harassment. Um, and it's not just against women, even though women do primarily, you know, identify as excuse me, survivors of these issues. Um, but but how we, we we really, you know, how we make sure that we're transformative and the way we're talking with each other and the way we're using these incidences to learn and respond better. We've seen in terms of progressive just at, at large with the accusations against um, Al Franken and two more women have come forth. So I believe it's a total of four women now that have accused Al Franken of some degree of inappropriate touching. Um, and we, we there was massive backlash, right? Because the first woman to come forward was a conservative radio host. She didn't fit the standard of what we consider a, you know, 
good victim and he was someone that was well liked by a lot of people and we got to get past that right we have to we have to deal with the uncomfortableness of when someone that we like or admire is accused of doing something and again this is not to say that that there isn't you know multiple sides to a story but we need to be open to consider <laughs> that it's possible that our faves really are problematic and that they had some that they they need to be accountable for their actions so summer Thank you so much for joining me this evening to have this conversation. Um, and I appreciate you for 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 for, for leading, right? I, I really feel like when we first spoke, it was like talking to another conscientious person who understood beyond their own individual experiences how we relate to each other as a movement, um, as as people trying to effectuate positive and sustainable change in the world around us. And and that's something I think that we need to be centering. Um, along with respect for each other, like w- when we're engaging in these conversations. Uh, thank you for that glowing endorsement. And I would say that doesn't happen in a space void of your presence or someone of a similar mind. These, mm-hmm. You brought out things that I was able to speak to by engaging in a, in a very intentional way, which... What as it was happening to me is you were allowing me my moment to speak and then clarify and things came and I might water something down and you would challenge me in a, in a kind way, but leaving space open in that process alone, it became clear um, that there was the, the level of importance mm-hmm. um, beyond it took on its own form and, and the encouragement I got in that space of being asked how are you? I want to acknowledge you for asking, how am I? How are the others? Um, have you eaten? Have you had water today? You checked in with me to make sure my body, my mind, my, my person, because it's, it's, there's no separating your toe from your ear or whatever. Right, right. right. You sincerely acknowledge that we are all triggered. And I, I know that the media would like to play it up that it's in the Trump era. And I will tell you, yes, we put some lighter fluid on some trauma, mm-hmm. but, but really, if I'm going to be critical, that was only true for a particular portion of affluent white females in particular. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and what I would call the liberal elites um, as, because I've been shunned by them saying that I'm an extremist and I'm thinking to myself, really? Cause I thought the whole point was to, you know, do the things we say we're going to do, right. not just march and wear a button and then go back to our, I don't want to go too far off track, but no, but you, no, 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 but you're bringing up a really good point though, right? Like there's a lot that has been happening since the election of Donald Trump that is mm-hmm. being attributed solely to, oh my God, this is the Trump effect. And really these have been things that have been overlooked or excused for generations, years. absolutely. Um, that have been going on. It's been it's it's, yeah. it's an ongoing issue. And even when we're talking about within our own movement spaces, right? Because it's very easy for us as progressives because we have these great platform issues and things that we support and noble goals. But even when we're you know in the process of fighting, you know, for 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 environmental issues, or we're fighting, you know, against the criminal industrial, uh, the the the, the mm-hmm. prison industrial complex, even when we're doing these really noble, lofty goals, there's still the regular dynamics that exist between people in this country, whether it's involving homophobia, sexism, transphobia, racism, you know, down the line, 
the power, it's it's the issue of power, right? That needs to be decontextualized. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, and, and, and it still 100%. manifests itself. We have to work. We're, we're, we're people and we're influenced by the society that has informed mm-hmm. us. And we have to decolonize ourselves in our own spaces as well as we as we move forward to do this work. And it's an engaging practice that will be lifelong. I mm-hmm. will assert that there is no right that we have now that we that we don't assert, it, it doesn't live without practice. We have right. no intrinsic rights. We have what we're willing to keep alive. It's a living thing. If we can think of it, we always keep thinking, well, we just won and then we lost. Why are we thinking in terms of winning and losing? There's no end game. Right. There is never an end game. And what happens in the transition that I saw in the last year, I was called out by many, many, you know, staunch Democrats for not voting for Hillary. And I mean, I had to get into it and it wasn't in an aggressive way, but it was like, oh, oh, you're, you're going to put a gun to my head and a boot to my neck. and You're going to tell me to vote you Democrat. So we have those talks and I said, no, because as a woman, I refuse to, to co-sign rape. I refuse to co-sign the rape of our, of our earth and indigenous sisters first and extraction economies. I refuse to co-sign. And you brought up an excellent point. Our, our prison industrial complex is, is insane. My son's in the military. I don't want my government, as I see it and have lived it, to be, um, to continue. And I, I'd like to put into perspective, if I mix, I think it'll frame up, well, at least to me, maybe, I don't know if that's helpful, but I became a working woman in, in the 90s, mm-hmm. and I watched... And I, I mean this truly, this is not flip. I watched in horror. I legitimately peed myself. The adrenaline was so intense. The trauma was so intense to revisit the, the Anita Hill, Clarence Thomas mm. nightmare. And the Clintons and that nightmare of, and the women just at, at no point being given an opportunity to be heard as though they were even equal. Because let's be clear, none of that questioning, none of that, uh, the framing of that message had nothing to do with a woman or women or our language. It was men defining what rape and sexual assault is and telling us, get over it, it didn't happen, or you did it to yourself, or you agree to it, or this is the way it is. What are you so sensitive about? Or you're a super bitch, because you don't get to just be a person expressing your experience. You're bleeding and they're telling you, I don't see it. And as a woman, that took me a young woman. I'm the age that women now that are in the news, they're reporting some of these issues. I'm like, no, 20 years is too long. I've been watching this for 20 years, 20 years. of, of And that's also in line with our PC talk. I'd like to mention mm-hmm. that, that, Around that same time, the Democrats came out with their new language for how we're going to describe things. Mm -hmm. And I would say if it was at all effective, we would have seen a reduction in assaults and we would be further along in this dialogue. But my I would pose that that language that they use, the watering down of what something is, creating terms like gaslighting instead of saying narcissistic asshole that took my truth away because he decided to make his own narrative and run it up the flagpole. And since men are more likely to be believed and we want them to be in positions of control and God forbid you challenge my reality and how I have superimposed my sense of self with this featured person. And we go into a triggered state and and we have to make sense of it. This is how our brains work. 
Right. Yes or no. It wants to go there. It's our spirit and our sense of intention and integrity that says, why am I responding either way right away and not just acknowledging what is in front of me is a tragic thing and, and allowing that emotion in. And what happened was nobody wants to allow the emotion in. And so it's dismiss, it's discredit. Um, it's, it's anything but let's take a minute and look at this. Right. And that's what I saw 20 years ago. I'm still seeing it. And we haven't done the, the, the proof is in the numbers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Still one in four across the board. And it's still one in three for Native American women for being uh, vi victims of rape and sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Those numbers haven't gone anywhere. With all of this, this new sexual harassment in the workplace, HR 101 stuff, where has that gone? Right. Nowhere. For a reason. It's not there to protect the victims. It's there to protect the company from a lawsuit. And that's it. So, so I think, I think just to unpack what you said, I think that's really, really important because especially when we're thinking about organizations, nonprofit spaces, whether we have people who have official, actual organizational formations, or we just have a group of people who are coming together to do work, there is, there is this very fluid way we've all been working, right? Especially with this more recent wave of progressive activism, you know, it's like, oh, we just all come together. And in some cases, there does seem to be like more formalized hierarchies amongst people. So you do have people who are more superior positions, you know, leadership roles and others who are subordinates underneath them. But we're not adopting these 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 standard practices, right, of of how to make sure people understand things like, you don't sexually harass each other. You know, like 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 if we were in a corporate setting, you know, there are now that's a whole nother story about whether or not it's actually effective, but like you just said, there are guidelines at least in place, whether they're in place to protect, you know, individuals is a whole nother story, but there at least there is some methodology, there's some something mm -hmm. in place at least, you know, to adhere to. And again, this is not to say that people can't like because we also do very passionate work. We're, 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 we spend long hours at times when we're, if we're if any of us travel away from family, you know, especially if you want to hang out and you enjoy the people you're around. But but we still need to kind of be cognizant of the relationships and the power dynamic between mm. the people that we're around, even if we're all just having fun. Right. Right. We have we have because we have so much that we're doing and we don't want to unnecessarily recreate and reproduce painful interactions in our spaces, which are supposed to be making things better. And, and I just wanted to, to stop and acknowledge what you just said there. And, and then also, like I know later on, maybe we could talk a little bit more about what, what practices can we start, you know, bringing into our spaces to do better. But I just wanted to acknowledge that what you just said there about how, because a lot of the spaces that we're involved in right now, they're very fluid. They don't, we don't really have a way to deal with any of this stuff when it comes up, but it will come up. Because unfortunately, we're a microcosm of the larger society and we're seeing it all come out now and it's going to come out mm -hmm. in other spaces too. I'd like to throw in a socioeconomic element, if I may, because mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. this is something I learned from my grandmother, who was a union organizer, and what that meant to her um, was since Reagan took over and dismantled the, the unions effectively, I mean, it was, an, it was instant and we're done, mm -hmm. also let out mental health facilities, closed them down, created the homeless population. Okay. So what you have is a whole lot of people at the bottom, barely surviving, and most of them live in what are called at-will employment states. Right. An at-will employment state, for those that may not know, it's always positioned as, oh, it's freedom of mobility. You, you don't, 
you get to tell your employer, I quit. Like you weren't ever allowed to do that anyway. It's really set in place to make sure that the company can just fire whatever they want, whenever they want, and for no reason. So this is what I'm saying is it was a correlation of, oh, we have these practices that make it look like we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And I appreciate their intention. The thing is we didn't go to the next step. Mm-hmm. We didn't really actually protect and inform. I would say we didn't, we passed on every teachable moment. That's the, that's how you get here. Right. Okay. Is by being too afraid to be uncomfortable with our counterparts. It's easy to yell at the other sides. I would say there is no other side. I would say that if you're, if you're, if you're really able to acknowledge who you are and what you want for your experience in this world, it will become incredibly simple mm-hmm. to have a dialogue with someone who looks, acts, lives entirely differently than you because integrity is universal. Truth, kindness, like and compassion. These things are universal. It's like music. You hear a note, you break a tear. It just... You don't have to speak the same language to hit that that sense. When we desensitize things and we set systems in place that keep people oppressed, um, when you see men for 20 years getting promotions and transfers, mm-hmm. because, well, we really can't prove it. That's always the line. Thank you for following the report. We can't prove it. Thank you for following the report. We can't prove it. I'll give an example in my own legislature in, in the Senate, I believe, in Oregon. I received a memo um, from the, the chair of the House. Um, take, he's, he's writing a letter to a fellow uh, senator at the Oregon Senate saying, we're taking the door off of your office, um, and I hate to have to do this, but, and it's this really long list of, like, things that he's done sexually and that I can't believe I have to tell you this again after all those times we've talked about it. So this is your last warning. Take a minute on that. And I'm taking the door off. There's no more smoking in your office. So the story gets posted in circulation that this guy gets his door taken off because he's some jerk smoking a cigar in his office. And nobody talks about the fact that there is a memo that says we have received further reports of sexual harassment from colleagues within the Senate. No, really? Yes. This is last month. I'm reading it and I'm like, and, and I, I was, I'm looking at it and go, that memo right there explains 20 years that a, a Democratic establishment person can write into a memo Known accounts of previous sexual assault and harassment say, dude, we're really tired. I don't want to hear any more women coming into my office bugging me about you. And by the way, I'm taking the door off because we're sick of the smoke. They could have left out the cigarette smoke and just said you're fired. Well, that's the thing, right? There is a reluctance, right? Because we don't mm. want to, we don't want to, and, and, and you hear this in like, you know, old family movies or, or, or even people's anecdotes about the films, right? We don't talk about certain things, you know, in either in public or you don't talk about the family business, you know, out there. Mm-hmm. And it seems like within our spaces, because it's really so easy with the false dichotomy that exists between Democrats and Republicans, particularly when it comes to this type of issue, um, mm-hmm. you know, we have the moral authority, you 
you know, we treat women right. We, we believe in women's rights and we're, you know, pro, pro-choice and, and, you know, we, we like people of color as long as they vote for us. And, you know, like, Ooh, like there is that. Pause on that. Can you say that again for the audience in case my family's listening? Can you say that again? I'd love to hear that twice. Well, you know, Democrats, they love, they love us POC, especially us black women, you know, trust black women. As long as we're marching to the polls for their favorite Mm -hmm. dim. But, but seriously, um, but when you think about that, right, and then you really start, there is a protection within our own space. Again, like, and I say our own, I know there's a bunch of folks who follow me who are, who are not Democrats, I've not been a Democrat since 2010, but I use, you know, the we, the euphemistic we as folks who have similar spaces and similar politics to a degree, not a full extent. Don't May I interject a, an option? Um, mm-hmm. I would say we've all, for those of us that have agreed to a natural social contract, contract. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't, I how you vote has nothing to do I with absolutely, the natural. I, I, absolutely agree, I absolutely agree with that. And I, I appreciate you because I was trying to find a way to, to make that point better, but, but, but I agree with that. Because there is this false dichotomy that's, that's as if the left versus the right and somehow the left is, is, is good on these issues and we don't have these problems. Those people over there have all these problems. They have the child molesters and the wife beaters and the rapists, et cetera, et cetera. However, we, we, we begin to find when people start taking this seriously and saying we must address these issues because they've been persisting for far too long. We cannot continue to silence people, no matter how uncomfortable or, or frustrating it may make us feel to even confront the potential that such an allegation is not only accurately being reflected, but that we may have somehow shielded or allowed you know people Mm -hmm. to hide within our spaces and i think once we start doing that it's not about it's less about attacking people right and destroying people's credibility and things like that and it's it's more about building accountability and balancing power dynamics within our spaces and 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 i think when progressives don't see the way in which we reproduce the same power structures you know, the same celebrity ideologues and, 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 and that we complain about within centrist Democrats or with the right. It, it's, it's, it's the way, unfortunately, Americans do things. And even with our more enlightened viewpoints, we're still, you know, putting in some instances personalities over people and over the work that we're all supposed to be doing. And in doing so, we actually cause more harm. This is not to say that you can't defend people that who you respect, but there's a way to do things that also provides mm. space for us to figure out a way. How do we navigate the, the quandary that is the quagmire that is, you know, sexual assault, sexual harassment allegations? How do we as a broader community work through that when we're presented with, with, with competing facts? How do we have the time and the space and the respect for people involved to work through that it can't happen with, you know, one small group basically dictating the narrative to everyone else because they have the power and access to do so. We really have to analyze and acknowledge and figure out how do we step. We need to step back and take the time to have the conversations and really consider the facts um, as they've been presented to us and begin to weigh and evaluate. People keep using, you know, the standard of due process and things like that. Again, that's a criminal standard, um, whether it's 
applied in the courtroom or due process involves the way in which one is engaging with the state, whether it's cops in the street or actually, you know, during the process, the criminal process, we, we do need to have some way of evaluating and resolving these types of issues. Part of the issue is we have this big amorphous thing we are calling a movement with no real defined you know, boundaries or elders or leadership to turn to say, hey, we have to adjudicate this problem. How do we work through this? So we have to figure it out in our interpersonal re- relationships, how that works and what we need to be doing. Something came in very, the word fear came in and how it can play out in, in this. Nobody wants to be a victim. Nobody wants to feel that pain we've been in the last, basically since we commercialized our television sets and you need to buy this to feel good, we've, we've gone away from being able to just be in pain to sacrifice a little for a greater good. We haven't been practicing it for a couple generations. So in that, we've come into this, I don't deserve to feel bad because I'm a good person mode. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then we hear a thing and it doesn't feel good. And we confuse it not feeling good with us being angry or any other response that it might look angry, but it's really fear coming out as anger. Or it might, mm-hmm. it might show up as dismissive. It might come in as, um, there's any ways this shows up, but denial is at the core of it. And that is because we don't want to be vulnerable in a world that does not support the individual as a whole in the community. You are on your own and you've known it for a long time. So when you're swimming out there all alone, you know that you should be pulling yourself up by those bootstraps we like to mention as often as possible. For every victim that's ever been told their story wasn't true, how many of them have you heard, because I've heard a lot, that then internalize that truth to be able to function? Mm -hmm. And when later they see somebody else being victimized, they are more likely, and it happens more often than not, to not so much disbelieve, but immediately need to disbelieve. And there is a difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That need to disbelieve. Because your body does not want to live that trauma. And when you hear that language, which you're not aware of in real time, and of course you're not aware of it in real time, you've just disassociated. Your brain won't let you go there. You can't go there. How do you go there and be driving your car? How do you go there and breastfeed your child while you're looking at your Twitter feed? You are more likely to say, oh, hell no, than you are to say, oh, that hits home. Mm-hmm. It takes incredible courage and effort. And I'm going to say assistance. Okay. We need our grandmothers and our aunties. We need each other. We need to assist each other when we hear us diminish ourselves and practice saying things like, oh, well, it wasn't so bad, but I would love to remove that expression. It wasn't so bad, but so that, that is something that also struck me, right? In, in, in the conversation about recent events, and, and, and for those who are watching, we're not really getting into this. There's, there's been tons of allegations as of late, just in general, right? In terms of, you know, whether they're, you know, progressive media figures uh, or, or independent media figures or, you know, Congress folk, people in Congress, I mean, folks from Vox, there's all types of things, right? Like, I mean, and there's been an onslaught for the last several weeks of very public accusations being made. And just looking at the way in which some of the responses have been made depend upon who the people have been and what their relationships have been to, like, 
you know, maybe issues or work that we're more positive towards. It really has been something astonishing to, to, to behold. Um, and just like you were saying, like, I really think that's that the, the, the dissociation, because I've, I've listened to people say things like, or I've read people's comments on social media, like, well, I was a victim and so-and-so saying it this way makes it bad for all of us who've been like, it's almost like their own personal experience is being weaponized in defense of behavior that we should all actually be stepping back and evaluating as a movement 100%. versus just rushing to dismiss because it's somebody we like. And it's not that it's a problem with pushing back and asking questions for clarification and understanding but when we're challenging people and we're saying things or we're repeating basically the very internalized and learned misogyny around how we deal with issues of sexual assault, sexual harassment and rape, like, you know, why didn't if there's something so bad, why didn't they call the police or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like there are there are some things that happens that are wrong that may not necessarily be, you know, there might not be a, an ability to criminally adjudicate something. People can still have something done wrong to them and feel responsible, right? Like, 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 it's very complex, you know, these types of interactions, which is why we need to have, you know, I hate the term safe spaces, but we really need to have clear, established spaces to be able to have these discussions. And we need to do so and allow folks to share their experiences and to talk through what's going on. We also need people who can help mediate or, or, or facilitate such dialogue exchanges, you know, because that being able it's to imperative. get good information out there, being able to have, you know, strong and clear dialogue is really also important because because that's the thing that we've been talking about, right? Right, right. Is like how do we talk about these recent incidences versus it just piling on piling? Because it gets overwhelming. And it gets it's kind of depressing at, after a while, too, when you're seeing one thing after another after another. And it's like, oh, my God, people are dropping like flies. Who's going to be next? And but, but, but when we're able to talk through and then maybe start working on what are productive and positive strategies we can start implementing. How do we communicate? How do we navigate together? Um, I think that that actually makes these types of things more manageable um, going forward. It's sanity. Mm. It's it, the, the opposite is maddening and further perpetrates a future I don't want to see. I don't want to see this grow into it's any other level of the beast it's already been for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there's something very sane in saying this hurts and I won't tolerate it anymore. Why do and and I'd like to the way we look at victims is very important. Very often it's okay to be a victim as long as you fought back. Oh, could, well, she fought back. Mm-hmm. Oh, she didn't fight back. Why didn't she fight back? That means that she was asking for it. How, 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 what? Uh, and I'm speaking to you right now. I wish I was, no, I don't. I'm speaking to you. I'm 100% triggered right now. This has been a hell of a time. I'm trying my best to speak to something that I would not have chosen to come online anywhere and talk to until I felt stronger or maybe it wasn't a conscious decision like, oh yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. No, it's a heavy topic. It's not, it's not like, hey, let's just all come no, around. I, it's a heavy topic. I know topic. that people listening are hurting. I know how I felt. I'm going to be really clear. I don't want anybody to feel like 
they should feel ashamed of scrolling past another me too because you just can't take it today because you need to self-care. Mm -hmm. You need to eat, you need to sleep. And if you have caught yourself getting into an irritation, lack of sleep, if you're noticing you're sweating a lot, your, your, your brain is difficult to track words. Just, if nobody ever told you before, it's okay to be in pain. And that is pain leaving the body. And that is your body saying, help me help you. I love you enough to tell you this is wrong. That's why you get certain physical responses. Now, if you've been abused and manipulated or, or, or devalued or diminished and degraded for long enough, you stop learning what those internal cues actually feel like. You won't feel a gut instinct. So when we go online and we say, well, she should have known better, well, you're assuming that this person has had absolutely zero trauma in her entire life, was given the perfect handbook, saw it played out in society, and of course knows that all she has to do is say no. Because in the perfect world, of course, he's going to say, oh, of course. Yep. That's, that's, a, that's a lot of assumption. Well, what we know is it's not the society we live in. In fact, you and I right now are having one of the first female-on-female -female conversations I've ever heard. Typically, it's a man hosting a platform, allowing a woman to speak, and then explaining to her what she said back at her. It's, it's interesting, right? Because being in this space, you know, I just talked about how there's a lack of formality to an extent, but at the same time, there's, there's immense freedom. And with that freedom comes a lot of responsibility, um, I believe. And there are so few of us, you know, as women who, who lead and manage our own platforms. Um, and, and I do think considering just the dialogue, the sheer conversation that's just been happening and the way it's playing out and the way we're discussing things like, you know, just because it's not an SVU episode and there wasn't a violent gang rape happening doesn't mean that there still isn't something that is very serious for us to consider, digest, and, 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 and process, right? And figure out a way forward. Um, there are people who work in our spaces who have not just old scars. They may have more recent traumas, right? Also from other people, other colleagues of ours, and they're carrying that around. Because I know anecdotally from people who are not prepared to come forward, who are not prepared to share their stories of people who have endured and experienced, you know, some degree of assault, whether it's emotional or verbal or physical, some degree of intimidation, some degree of something, men and women, right, who've had negative experiences. And there are people who are in our spaces who are either leaders or they're considered important, or they have bigger platforms, or they have better connections, whatever it is me. And there's just a, this notion that if you come forward and say something, that you're divisive. That that be, if yes. you because we have we have to go fight against fracking, and we have and climate change is a, is a serious issue. But we're literally talking about how we treat each other, how we interact, how we respect each other. How can I collectively build power with anyone if you don't? At the most basic human level, you do not respect my autonomy, my existence, and my ability to, to also work here in this space, right? When, when people put their personal needs selfishly over the autonomy and rights of others, it causes a division, but it's not the person who might be raising the issue. Like We, we have to create an atmosphere that allows people to raise issues that we can deal with them. Instead of people feeling like they have to just hold it in for fear of destroying the movement. And, and, and that's a problem. 
That, that, that's a activation in a way. I've actually witnessed within the Democratic Party, I was, um, this may be my official resignation if they saw this video. Uh, I was asked to come in and help because there was a lot of oppression going on um, inside and voices weren't being heard because of the guise of unity. And anybody who asked a question or said, I'd like more, don't be divisive. I mean, you, you use, or don't be divisive, tomatoes, tomatoes. Mm -hmm. um, you, what you just said made that thought come back to my mind because it's every day in every meeting and you have to be prepared to eat crow in your community indefinitely if you have the courage to say, hey, did anybody ask the people that this policy is going to affect? Well, no, but, but we don't need division. What we need is unity. We just need to move this forward and we need to win. Even though the questions that we might be bringing forward are, you know it's not effective to do this if this person, if this class of people couldn't even afford to do that. Oh, but isn't it better if we just win something? It'll eventually get better for them. The Democrats, as far as I can tell from the inside, each meeting, the best way I can say it is they've got like trickle-down justice or something. Mm -hmm. Trickle-down social equality. Trickle. It's always, as long as you let us win, we'll eventually let you have all those things that you've been asking for. But don't be an idiot or a radical and think you're going to get it today. <laughs> you need us. You silly Come on. Why would you think that? <laughs> and then you look at it and you're like, Oh, I'm sorry. Did you not realize that the population has shifted and you need us if you want to be whatever it is you think you are? And instead of instead of challenging ourselves, you know, I know it's not easy. You tell in fact, okay, there's a million families that are about to sit around a table and uncomfortably sit next to people they have yet to deal with certain issues. We have yet, we don't practice this. We do. There are beautiful families in there and, and there are dysfunctional families that have beautiful moments and are still trying. Yep. And I applaud you if you are willing to show up and hug that person that you don't understand and, and, and you're willing to, to, you know, to read the next self-help book or I don't know, whatever your thing is that you're trying to do yep. to come home with your information. Like, mom, I think I figured this out. Knowing that you're going to be called a crazy person. So these are individual units that we can just see playing out in, in, in society. We're not good at getting uncomfortable. We'd rather be passive aggressive, and, and, and the collective we. Um, no, I'm not going to say that either because that, that that includes me, and I refuse to say that. <laughs> the shell and delusion of democracy mm. that plays itself out does that. It needs you to not really ask too many questions and please don't make us uncomfortable about ourselves. Let us maintain this system of, because I'll remind you, it was the Democrats that ran through NAFTA and that is why we have slaves all across the world now in the name of, of capitalism. That's why your t-shirts cost five for 20. Because in 1995, your t-shirt did not cost $5. It was $25 and your jeans were 45. How did clothes get cheaper? We shipped it out. And I remember a phase... When you couldn't do that without having your sweatshop shut down, you got run off the television. So Kathy, we lost all that, right? Right. We talked okay. about this. How, like, when if there was like a undercover ring, and it found out that your newest line, wherever department store, wherever it was at, you know, you were Pulled, using you know, labor, and you it the mm -hmm. pressure is on outrage. But now, and it's and it's and it's. I like I like the way you had transitioned to that when we talked when we had talked previously. Because we look at the transactional nature in the, with the, in the way in which 
we still participate no matter, you know, how we look at things, you know, in a, a greater society, greater economy, that a system that exploits and has the power dynamic, like it, it permeates all throughout, right? It's so systemic that we internalize part of that power dynamic and structure in that, you know, abuse of labor. I mean, just think about this, you know, my favorite term I learned coming out of law school, nonprofit industrial complex, right? Thinking about, you know, we have all these organizations that are meant to do good work, allegedly, according to what they write in their grant proposals, right? But in some instances, you know, their ability to exist as an entity requires the continuation of the same social conditions that they claim that they're there to serve and, and address. And mm, we that's have, a sound bite. We have we have all these issues that are permeating across the board. And it's not that nonprofits can be bad, but like I had someone say to me that my purpose is to be out of a job. But most people don't think like that when they're doing work because they're there to get paid. Even though their work is in a social justice arena, they need to get that next grant. They need to get paid. And if there aren't issues, they can't get paid. But I've had I've had there's been a few people who, who said to me, like, my job is to either, you know, have someone else come and take over into a new phase, something new, or for there to be no need for me at all. And that mindset, like, even if it might mean that it makes us obsolete or it means that we have to step back out of a space and yield to someone else. Ultimately, if we're really focused on the greater good and improving the condition of not just ourselves, but those around us, whether they're in our specific communities or abroad, we really need to have that mentality that removes our individual ego out of the situation. And it's about uplifting the whole because that that is also something that I'm seeing here. Like we have an issue with hubris and individual ego that that exists in these spaces and allows for things to go off the rails, so to speak. And, mm-hmm. and, and that is what is divisive in derailing our work, not people trying to address the uncomfortableness of issues that are affecting, you know, respect and accountability. I think part of it, too, is that we've sped things up where we're in a panic fugue state. Mm, mm-hmm. People are terrified that we'll, that they're just terrified in general. I mean, it's a rabid sense of terror that is just eating out the inside of, of so much presumed progress. We propped up a lot of progress that we are now bearing out. We're, we're seeing didn't actually happen. Trump isn't an anomaly these things have existed. This man has existed and said these things and done these things plenty for, for long. And, and, and that's just one puppet in front of a show full of people who are doing the business that's been going on for long enough that we are in this place. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get too political, but it's, I'm just going to go super superhero for a moment. I had this Batman moment where I was like, you know, they say to think, what does he say? Like, it's not Gotham didn't get the superhero it wanted, but it got the one it deserved or something. Uh-huh. Like that. Yeah. Right. I, I'm, I'm, sure I'm getting it all wrong. I got the no, one no, no. That's, 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 you can, that's a pretty good paraphrasing. Okay. And I'm looking at, at, at I'm just going to call him home fry at the top with the spray tan. Uh-huh. I'm thinking, well, we didn't get the one we wanted. We sure got the one we deserved because that is exactly the perception of our policy you are one of the ones at the top unless you've been the super delegate everybody else has been feeling this for a long time mm-hmm. it's just now everybody goes oh snap you got a racist in here yes you do nobody missed that yeah 
And so is the other one, because if you think anything in Hillary's policies were anything other than sexist and racist, you weren't paying attention to the effect it had on people of color and women particularly. Yep. So it, the shock and awe, I get it. And I'm sensitive and I feel nobody's pain is greater than anybody else's. Whatever your worst hurt is, is your worst hurt. So I don't want to come off as, as flip when I say, yeah, but welcome to the party. I have to also, I, I can feel that, but it does, does it do any good if I re-victimize these people by calling them elite and laughing in their face and saying, <laughs> it finally hit you? No, of course not. Right. That's a teachable moment too. But yeah, it's pretty hard. You know, it's been hard for, for other people for a lot longer and in ways that you still can't look at. And I understand why, because it is so traumatizing. And what a shame. What a shame that... I wish my grandmother could have seen her work finish. You know, she was alive during the suffragette movement. She, she knows what it means to not... to fight for that next inch. Just because we got the vote didn't mean we got a job. Just because we had the vote didn't mean that anybody even was willing to talk about something called spousal rape. That didn't come into the legal books until recently. The perception that a woman had a choice of her own didn't exist until the 90s. State rape didn't come out till the 90s. We weren't willing to discuss the possibility that rape was anything other than that, that, that. extreme and sexy. It's, it's, the thing is, it's, it's, it's another broadcast another time, but we like it nasty because it we can we can sit outside and watch it it's it doesn't hit home it's right, just like right, so right. gross that it's out the there accounts, the accounts the stranger the stranger rape accounts um that that permeate that, that i need a new word tonight permeate is just sticking with me i think it's probably the cooking that i'm probably gonna have to do soon but but no seriously but it no, does I, it I, seeps I, in yeah it and does it becomes it really a does. part and it kind of morphs what it is in a turn, yeah, it's, and there, it's like we're all It in- surprises me how people do not understand that most forms of sexual assault or rape are between intimate acquaintances, right? So the fact that someone may have had consensual interactions with someone either before or after an incident happened does not automatically negate any alleged allegation. It's extremely complex when you're in relationships with people, right? And you may not be clear that something that happened was, it, it, and, and I understand people might be like, what no, do you mean? That's true. Actually? You may not be clear what just happened. It's, it may it's, take it's listening to a broadcast like this and hearing a turn of phrase that suddenly says to you, oh my God, that hit. And then that person who might be triggered is probably going to battle it. So it might take three or four broadcasts like this or three or four coming out stories, 10 or 12. It might take you 40. I don't care how long it takes you. It could take forever. Mm-hmm. But the day you realize what it is, nobody has the right to tell you it isn't. Well, it's also, when, when you, it's also like if you're in a situation with someone that you personally know, care about, have interactions with, there are a lot of things we are willing to accept and endure things from people that we know or care about that we would never, there are other people that we would never accept it from. You know what I'm saying? And that doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it okay. It just, it adds to the complexity and, and the level, and that brings it back to the conversation we've been having about power and access. When people are in power positions of power and authority, and they have access, 
and or you believe that through them you can get access, there are compromises that we as women in particular have made in our lives because, you know, I mean, again, there are still, despite all the advances in 2017, there are still places that, you know, cisgender white men can go that the rest of us don't get readily invited to. That, or if we that, do, we're, we're, we're a prop. Absolutely. If we do, <laughs> we're a prop or we have a very specific purpose, but we're not usually invited to those spaces as leaders, Correct. as equals. We might be brought in through the access someone else has. And until mm-hmm. we start decon- deconstructing those spaces in that way, addressing the sexism that still very much exists, whether we're talking about independent media side work or just movement building, period. You know, I mean, we've still been in spaces where I've had men talk over me or my elder sisters who have been doing this work far longer than I have. And, you know, I, or, or people who like, well, you know, you know, it's just it's just all different types of stuff that I've watched happen. And you're just like, wait a minute. We're just talking about, you know, free college and all this other stuff. And now you're being extremely belligerent to this woman who has amazing experience to add to the conversation. But because Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, you have something between your legs that makes you think that your opinion is more valuable. What she has to say is not worthwhile. Or even in this this discussion about the sexual assault, sexual harassment stories and different things that have been coming out. Some of the commentary and responses, not just from men, from women, too has been so traumatic for me to read through. It's been making me very angry, even though none of these different allegations affect are are directly involved me. It's just still thinking about people that I respect and watching what their responses are. Again, not saying that we all have to be on the same page, but the fact that people are being denied bodily autonomy in some of these responses, the fact that people are like convoluting issues. And it's like, well, you know, so-and-so, I mean, why'd they wait so long? Why didn't they do mm-hmm. this? Like, like questioning, like people's motives. Because again, false accusations are extremely, extremely small percentage, right? Not saying they I think never it's three ever happen. Is the last statistic I read this week as I was trying to like refresh my skill set? You know, I'm uh-huh. like, uh huh. Three it's percent. It's single digits. It, it may be even lower. Honestly, I mean, it's so incredibly low. Continue. Yes, it's and I don't see that enough in print. I don't. In fact, I haven't seen much of that this week at all, which was very distressing. Though um, it's starting to come to light, there are some some fierce women reporters and journalists out there, there that I've seen, there are, and, and, and they're just mm. there are some fierce. Like one thing I just wanted to touch on, like you know, folks mm-hmm. saw recently with Charlie Rose, who's been like a mainstay with CBS forever. Um, the mm-hmm. allegation that came against him, and I can't remember the the, the, the woman's the woman journalist's name, but she gave this very moving, and I shared it on my Facebook page, speech about, she said different people were calling her to check on her, her kids were calling to check on her, she had, the night the night of the allegations became public, she had less than two hours of sleep, because she's like, you know, this is someone I've worked with, this has been my colleague, this is my friend, and she, she basically just talked through the frustration, the confusion, right, and the anger because she's angry about the allegations. It's frustrating and confusing as someone who has worked with, known, and cared about. And now that person that you respect, that you knew in a particular way, has been accused of doing these things. And when she was just saying, like, trying to process it. And, but she's talking through basically what many of us are now faced with. How do we address situations when not just our favorite people like we see on TV, but people actually that we're actually working with and do things with 
are accused of or guilty of, you know, where, where it's, there's ev- direct evidence. Like, 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 how do we process and how do we begin to deal? Because just because I've always had good interactions and relationships with a particular individual, it doesn't mean that they're good, quote unquote, to any, everyone else that they encounter or interact with. If I'm just friends with someone, right, and I'm not in an intimate relationship with them, how we treat people, you know, interpersonally in a casual friendship or, or amongst colleagues may not be the same way we treat our partners. It, 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 it doesn't necessarily. So saying that because someone so and so didn't treat me that way, that doesn't necessarily like serve it to negate, you know, allegations either. So her, her commentary, I appreciate it because she wasn't super like, well, I mean, the environment, I don't think anyone publicly really can to say like well you know no that that can't be true but i think she to recognize and to acknowledge as a human being how challenging the commentary really is and and emotionally how it is because you feel betrayed too right these are people you trusted and 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 appreciate and you feel complicit it's yeah no i'm gonna speak to my own i'm gonna use my my i'm gonna own that i felt complicit I felt guilt. I felt fear. I felt confusion. I'm going to say it in my words because I don't want anybody to think that this mm. is a strong face that's just coming out. Mm-hmm. And this is what I do, mm-hmm. and I'll be fine in a minute. There, no. The minute you hear this, when it comes to your world, your world changes in such a real way that if you aren't committed to the walk and doing it with an integrity, and if you haven't been given the skills to even identify the process that you're in, it can really wreak havoc. It, it does a lot of damage. It's very, um, it's an aggressive assault on your mind where you're like, I need to categorize this. I need to put that in that box. Mm-hmm. And then the pressure is on because you know that you want to believe, but then you're like, but I, but I, oh God, now my training is coming into the field test. Right. So we've been training all this time. And what I'm asking is, are we ready to do field test? Are we going? Are we ready to practice slowing down? Because this isn't about me looking in on somebody else's sexual intimate relationship or assault or power trip, as much as it is looking at my own bias, looking at somebody else's sexual assault, looking at my own fear body, my own mental inability to even. I don't even want to go there. And when I feel that, I have to ask, why don't I want to go there? Right, right. And that's actually the work because that's where the healing is. Yes, we are all being assaulted. And we're also all being given an opportunity to look within at where that hurts and find healing. And I hope that through this dialogue, somebody can hear that that is exactly where you're supposed to be. When it hurts, say, ouch, and say, help. Yes, it's, it's... and and it can hurt, can come in many different forms: agitation, anger. Um, I'm a I'm a big my, one of mine is withdrawal. I isolate myself. I self isolate. I, I drop self care, and it's not even an intention. I just suddenly cannot eat, and then there becomes this control battle about. Um, it's all of the above, isn't it? You're, you, do, are you honoring your pain correctly? Right. right. Are, we, are we? That's just one. Um, are we honoring the stories of our grandmothers and, and our sisters and our aunties when we're looking on this woman and this man and this story? 
But more importantly, are we honoring ourselves? This is where I want to take it back to, if it's possible. I didn't need to know either party to be able to say, how can I help? Mm. Mm-hmm. When this subject that we're not talking about, because I'm not going to give the subject itself. When I was brought into that awareness, I didn't need to believe or not believe to say the words, right. how can I help? Knowing that if I'm patient and I'm calm and I'm willing to be challenged in ways I don't yet understand are coming for me, which also means asking for help. Right. And I did. And I thank you for responding. Because well, definitely. And I think the context, context and conversation matter. And so I, I do thank you for not only initiating, you know, uh, expression of, of your observations and experiences, but being receptive to conversation. Right. And again, as I said at the beginning, I have uh, I do have another conversation, which should be up on my YouTube uh Hopefully tonight I have to edit the video with uh, I talked with, with with Paula as well, um, and we. I'm so in, glad you did. We dig in a little bit more. I'm looking forward to hearing details. her voice. But, but but this isn't about I you know I know it's been portrayed as you know recent conversations in terms of specifically independent progressive media space has been portrayed as you know attempts to you know target a particular individual, and mm-hmm. really honestly. There, there could be some people out there who do jump on this storyline. Um, Terrence Daniels actually did a live video earlier, and he made this point, and I, I, I understand where he's come from. There may be entities, media, other media entities, other commentators out there who will jump on this story or other stories for their own personal exploitation or whatever. That, that very well could be happening. I mean, that's, that's just human people. nature. That's human nature. <laughs> However, I know from my standpoint, I really do appreciate having context conversations and dialogue and there's a bigger story that has been happening here that is really reflective of the culture that we continue to allow to persist whether it's you know blatant or it's under cover it's still there and there still is a disdain towards women who come forward about sexual assault even though right now it seems like we're in this watershed moment and the gates are flooding over over as soon as progressive men started being on the chopping block recently I was very appalled to see some of the responses and the way things were being handled. Mm-hmm. Again, not that people don't have the right to defend themselves or provide what they feel is their story. Because you know what? I look at the way our children are not taught about consent, right? People say no means no, and that's it. We don't talk about how fluid really interactions are. We don't talk about body mm-hmm. language and nonverbal cues. You know, they, kids barely get sex ed in school, right? So if, if they get that, so they're really not learning more about consent and respect and things like that. They're, they're just not learning that stuff. So there very well could be people who grow up socialized. And they're not that. seeing it modeled. And they're not seeing it modeled. Absolutely. They're, no one's having these conversations with, 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 with amongst their peers. They're definitely not having it with, with kids. And there very well could be people who've grown up thinking that certain interactions and certain you know, ways of doing things is not only just like, okay, but it's acceptable. It's being a man or whatever, right? Like, but we have to break down those barriers and we have to be willing to be uncomfortable to have the conversations. Even if you might be wrong initially, um, that goes for me, that goes for anyone. We still have to be, be prepared to like deal with that and work through it 
and, and, and look at the basics of what's going on and not be so emotionally invested that we lose sight of, of the lessons to be learned going forward. Which is how we got here. You read um, my best effort at asking us to slow down and moving forward in, in, in any other circumstance that's at all similar. Can we ask ourselves a series of questions um, in proper order or again, check your gut? Does it feel good or does it feel nasty? Take a minute, take a breath, right. take a walk, take another look. And I would say in the most recent situation, I have never outside of, you know, some very, very wealthy and influential person. Um, this is, this is what I'm seeing is a playbook on, and, and I'm going to use the word gaslighting. And I would like to identify that I find that word to be far too cartoony, um, cutesy. Um, it's comfortable to say, so it's easy to use. And it's used as a weapon against a particular side. Like, apparently, if you're left, you understand gaslighting. And if you're right, you're the asshole that's always get. I just swore. I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. I apologize. You're fine. (laughs) (laughs) You're okay. Um, That word will will always make me crazy. But I'm going to say my gratitude in all of this is I just saw the best example I've ever seen of having... A victim outed as an accuser. Mm. And slayed out in the public discourse as though this person is defending themselves. So we ride another righteous wave and we use a, a, a certain amount of language to make sure we can still feel good about ourselves. And if we do it vehemently enough, it must be true. And and if we protest loudly and and the psychology there is it's effective. Yep. The manipulation is effective because your association is with the hero you believe this person to be. And so for them to have done this, does that mean we were all wrong? It, we're, not, we're not fantastic at pulling out new time because we're unaware that most of us are living in a triggered state. We have been in our society, those that are not in control and in charge, have been barely breathing and barely holding on and just praying that the next generation gets a shot, gets a shot at it. That was my grandmother's wish. I'm 41 years old. I can't imagine the heartbreak she would have been feeling to have wore the pain of all the young people for these 41 years. Mm -hmm. I know how brutal it was for her before she passed in uh, my early 30s. And I was really grateful that she didn't get to see a few things happen with some of her heroes. Um, and I'm going to be that elder soon. Mm-hmm. So this brought all of that into close quarters of, am I going to get serious and ask myself the tough questions? Am I willing to get out in front of a bully because what I saw was bullying Mm -hmm. and I've lived that I've seen it in my community in my in our church community when a woman comes forward and she's shamed into staying in a relationship because we just don't divorce it's unchristian and at no point does anyone console the woman who's been raped by her husband for 20 years right so this is a for me this is that like 
all of this, and I want to thank you, is going to heal my nine-year-old me and my 16-year-old me. And there's pieces of it that I feel like are going to heal my grandmother's spirit, though she doesn't walk this earth at this time. Because I believe that generational trauma and the ancestors that we walk with is real. They're, to, de to deny my pain now is to deny my mother, is to deny my grandmother, yeah. is to deny the women that did it despite everything. Absolutely. And when we try to use this thing like... On one side, right, I, I remember, like, well, you got your retribution. You got your Barack Obama. Well, you got your retribution. You got your you got your equal rights. You, or, oh, women, you got your retribution. Don't you have your whole HR thing? And now can't you just fire us all? And aren't you just all out to take out all the good men? How is it possible that we consistently bring up the subject of, well, some women lie, but we say it every time for every dude I'm sorry, that's a flippant term. For 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 every predator, um, how how do, it's bad math, and that should alert us that there's something that we're unaware of that's 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 been buried and burned and and abused into us. And I would also like to acknowledge abusers are typically abuse victims. Mm. Okay particularly with sexual assault because it's it's um i don't have to go into too much detail but there's a lot of research about it it's been it's it's been observed for for a long time that um typically when you see a pedophile for example you look into their past they were molested as a child um these are this is a statistic so when i see female and male predators my first instinct is where, where's the seven-year-old, the nine-year-old, the three-year-old that was modeled and, and, and inserted into them somebody else's pain? And then you go to that person and you can usually find how that person had it modeled and somebody else's pain inserted into them. And so the pain is so great, we have to get it out. And there's such a violent amount of energy in our person. And statistically, apparently, for us to get rid of it, we have to not let it be about us and it has to come out and you seek out where you can put it and and make it right so that it was never wrong for you. Right. So I, I, I don't want to ever vilify even the, the most gross. I guess I still have a little baby Jesus in me where I look at everybody like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to put you to hell, but I might I might have to put you out. Right. Because you can't play with others and I can't have you. But I'm not going to damn you. Right. I want to be right. clear on that. Absolutely. I see so much hurt that created something so ugly or maybe just. Man, aren't we getting what we created out of our society? Aren't we seeing what we put into it? Isn't this exactly what a silenced what, what the nations, the, the many, many, many Native American nations have been silenced for all these years on this subject. The raping, the taking, the, the doctrine of discovery is rape culture, is patriarchy, is capitalism. We have not come even close to looking at how it is that we have got to where we are and how what we do on a daily basis perpetuates exactly that. So much as to 
but I personally am responsible. As I said, I did not know statistics about right. people that live two minutes away from me. I have had Native American friends, and that tells me that they didn't, that my friends who I love and trust weren't comfortable either with me or society knowing. Or many other things I couldn't possibly know because me speaking about somebody else's pain out of, I almost feel like apologizing that I'm saying it because I wish that I had heard it from a Native person in a format like this when I was younger mm -hmm. and would have had a greater awareness. Um, but I was asked to, when I came out of, of Standing Rock to share this information wherever I could. And I thank you for allowing this and and I really lift up my intention for healing. When I was first asked to come into this whole thing and I said, how can I help? I had it in my heart and I really wanted an opportunity to try and frame something so that both parties, both sides, whatever you want to call it, could see a teachable learning moment. Like how do we elevate this so it would help somebody else? And I'm willing to acknowledge that most people that are um, perpetrators of assault are unaware that they are perpetrators of assault. They either buy their own BS or society has told them it's not wrong for so long. It doesn't actually exist. So it's like there, there is true shock. What I didn't, what are you talking about? And you're like, what do you mean? What am I talking about? So I think we're on that. That's page one is that there, even now, if I say this is assault, I'm not even allowed to own that. I have to wait till a man says, oh, I agree. Yep. That is another layer to the problem and what we're dealing with. Um, and, and that was what made me realize the time was of the essence. And if we didn't get out on this, we were just going to burn it up under the, the same fire. We burnt every other woman, man, child, nation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we, we can't, we can't. We have I, to I seize the time. I, it's now. We can't, we can't delay now. any further. Well, Summer, I appreciate you so very much for sharing space with Thank me you. and for our conversation. I look forward to more conversations and hopefully we'll be able to do something together again. Um, I, you know, you guys, it's, it's heavy stuff. It's not comfortable. It's not fun. It's not exciting. Um, but it's necessary and it's necessary to have conversations that are forward moving dialogues and we have to be uncomfortable sometimes. We're not going to be ever, you know, move forward or be better if we're not willing to be somewhat uncomfortable, um, you know, to do better. So, Summer, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And thank you all for those who watched. Uh, I'm going to get everything ripped and stuff and added. So it should be up on iTunes tomorrow, Spreaker, iHeartRadio. Please like, share, subscribe. I mean, you know, folks like Summer are out here sharing their stories, sharing their truth, and really genuinely believe in growing and doing better in terms of our movement spaces and our work. So, you know, um, if you like what Summer had to say, definitely check her out and, and, and shoot her a message. If you did not, don't be harassing people. Y'all know I don't like. <laughs> Y'all know I don't like that. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much, Summer. I I thoroughly enjoyed talking with you, and thank you all for watching. And have a good rest of your week. I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.